one of the more interesting, secondary, perhaps even tertiary statements in the scriptures is uh, a phrase found in the early part of Hebrews 11 and verse 38. Uh, just a few words saying, of whom the world was not worthy. And the only way to truly appreciate uh, the depth and the richness of that phrase is to see it in the context it deserves to be seen in. And so we'll read beginning in chapter 11 of Hebrews in verse 1 together, a little lengthier than usual reading, and we'll read into the very early part of chapter 12 as well. Hebrews 11, beginning in verse number 1. The writer says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned divinely of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he had received the promises offered of his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed 
Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. And by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore we also, seeing we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And we'll stop there for now. And so we see the context about this interesting, intriguing phrase of whom the world was not worthy. The obvious first point to make is the fact that, of course, the world has never been worthy of the attention or love that God has shown her, especially the sacrifice and salvation that Jesus has provided the world. The world made by God is always uh, almost to a man and woman turned against him rebelliously, and at the very least, Incidentally, 
But regardless, the world did not, never has, and will never deserve the goodness, the grace that God has provided. And as the last of our reading reveals to us, Jesus is our ultimate example of continuing to keep on, keeping on, despite the difficulties of his life, the rejection of those around him, and even the, the shame of the cross itself. As the author and the finisher of our faith, he kept on keeping on until finally he could say from the cross, it is finished. And of Jesus in John chapter 1, the apostle there by inspiration will say that Christ as the word came into the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own, his own received him not. And of course this isn't new to those of us who understand what the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament had foreshadowed. Remember in Isaiah 53, the very chapter in our English perspective that the Ethiopian man was reading in Acts chapter 8 from his chariot. The 53rd chapter of Isaiah speaks of the coming Messiah our Lord Jesus Christ, as being despised and rejected of men. One from whom folks hid their face, who was finally put to death as a lamb before his shears was dumb, so he opened not his mouth, but still was wounded for our transgressions, and by his stripes we are healed. Yes, Jesus came to a world that he had made that rejected him, and uh, are we safe to say the world wasn't worthy of what he did? Well, of course we're safe to say that because it's obvious the world is not worthy of what Jesus did. That goes to the core of the meaning of the word grace itself. If it were earned or merited or deserved, it wouldn't be grace. It would be a payment received for services rendered. But no, God loves us even though we never have deserved it. And Jesus died for us, even though we never can repay it. And this is the very definition of the Bible word grace. And so no, the world is not worthy of what God has done, what Christ has done, what heaven affords for those of us in Christ. We enjoy that. We are thankful for that. We praise God because of his goodness, his grace every day. We're not worthy. But beyond that, still, the time in our text when this phrase is used is before the subject of Jesus even comes up. He'll use the example of Christ almost like a trump card in the 12th chapter. As if to say, if these examples I've shown you what faith looks like still don't ring a bell with you, mean anything to you, if they don't motivate you to do more and keep on keeping on in your faith, if this is not enough, then look at Jesus. And surely you realize if he did so much for you, you must do everything for him. But before even getting to Jesus, in the 11th chapter now of Hebrews, example after example of good and righteous people, men and women, cutting through two dispensations, Reveal to us uh, a catalog of names of whom the world never was worthy during their lifetimes or since. 
they set in motion some things by their faith and by their example and by their stories that give us hope even to this day. And you put them in their lives and their generation alongside those with whom they lived and you realize they were not just light shining in their world of darkness, they were those in a world of such filth that the world didn't deserve them to live in the same world. But live on they did and show example as they did for so long as example to us to follow. And so he mentions name, names like Noah the world wasn't worthy of what Noah did. And the world paid the price for it, by the way. But all these centuries later, we, we don't use Noah just as a children's story in a vacation Bible school classroom. But instead, we as adults learn from Noah's story what it means to really have faith. To really build a life on faith. To obey based upon faith and to trust regardless what things look like because of faith. And oh, the world is not worthy. We're not worthy of the example that Noah sets for us. And in many of these stories that are reflected by the names used in Hebrews 11. To ask yourself this question, what's the world, is the world worthy? You just have to ask yourself this question, would I have been as faithful as they were in the same situation? It's easy to read a story that's already happened and look back on history from the luxury of hindsight and say, well, of course, I'd have been just like old Noah there. Of course, I'd have made the decision Moses made. Who wouldn't? But you put yourself in real time in their situations at the time and I wonder if any of us would be strong enough in faith to do what they did against the odds they encountered. And Sometimes these good people had their foibles and their problems. No man save Jesus has been perfect. But before we start pointing out the glaring errors sometimes in their lives, we need to put ourselves in their sandals for just a little bit and ask ourselves, would I have done better or as well as they did? Point is, as the writer says, the world wasn't worthy of them, and in many cases we aren't either. In fact, their faith is used as a motivation for ours. Could ours be used as motivation for them? If they're with us today, you have to answer that for yourself. If there were some modern day hall of fame, as was the case here in Hebrews 11, for those of Old Testament ages, would our name be mentioned? Would we even get an honorable nudge or nod? Would we even be in consideration? I don't know, and again, I can't answer for you nor you for me, but I know this, those whose names are mentioned in Hebrews 11 are there for a reason, that we might learn from their example and know we're not worthy of them. You read the last part of that 11th chapter, and the acceleration begins, and the momentum builds, and the speed increases. And you read of torture and 
even being sawn asunder, as we believe may have been the case with Isaiah in his death. And no, the world wasn't worthy of men like that. We rest upon many of the blessings that they themselves believed in, lived by, and forged out for all of us blessings and promise that they themselves didn't see fully, but we enjoy almost cavalierly day by day. No, we're not worthy. But let me take this as we close, just one step further. I realize the writer was speaking specifically of those in Hebrews chapter 11. And in an extended way, in a more sublime sense, we think of Jesus as the ultimate example of someone of whom the world wasn't worthy. But even past Bible times, there have been good and faithful men and women who gave their lives in service of example and foundation of behavior and faithfulness that we now stand upon, almost taking for granted all they did to get us to where we are. Uh, you won't find a congregation of God's people that started with what they have. They started somewhere with people who are strong enough and courageous enough and faithful enough to get the thing started. Whether it was the case here at 29th and Yale or some years earlier over at 10th and Rockford, you name the congregation, you've got good and godly individuals in back of those projects that deserve some recognition. But over the course of time, the dust of history has settled and in many cases, uh, the names have been forgotten. And the works have been forgotten. But the work lives on. And what they did lives on. And we enjoy the fruits of their labors. And we must always bless the bridge that brought us over. And so even before these congregations, you go back in time. Uh, we haven't the time to go into the great detail. Past uh, biblical times into the apostate church that... Uh, became the Roman Catholic Church and over centuries and centuries then the, the Reformation that came out of that and from that and then from that a complete turning back to Bible times with the plea of the Restoration Movement and those, those good and godly individuals that uh, really faced a great deal of not just difficulty but animosity and and anguish, and disappointment, and deprivation upon whose foundation we stand today. Yes, we're built upon Christ, absolutely, but they gave us something to build upon, upon Christ. That is, they gave us what we have in terms of an understanding of what it means to go back to the Bible, to bring us back to what's right. So much of what we enjoy and almost think is our right to enjoy has come to us by means of, of individuals of whom the world never was worthy. Now, as we close, I, I mention all of this for two reasons. Number one, don't be so caught up in what's happening right now you lose sight of being thankful for those who got you where you are in the present. 
And by the way, that's true of our nation as well as the church of our Lord. It's true of our families. We are who we are because of those who've gone before us that have given us the ability, the foundation of opportunity to get where we are now. Never lose sight of being thankful for those that got you where you are. Be thankful for them. And if they're still living, tell them so. Let them know. But then second, we mention this so that perhaps, just perhaps, some of us might work on ourselves in such a way as maybe in some small way over time, in enough time, others might consider us and think of us in that same way. As someone that built something, that put something together, that laid a foundation of goodness and faithfulness and example, that uh, they might say, I am much of what I am because of what they taught me or how they showed me or what they did for me. Thank those who helped you, but help others. And just know all the while, no, the world never has been worthy. And all the while, the world never will be worthy. But that's not what it's about. It's about doing the will of God as best we can. Well, as we look forward to a new year in just a few days, Perhaps we can redouble our personal efforts to be that kind of example to others. If you're here tonight and outside of Christ or unfaithful to him, please change that now. And if you need to come, come now as together we stand and sing.